Hey, Seth Dewey here with All Aspects Development. Um, Thank you for tuning in to the podcast once again. Um, I know the last time that we uh, talked on our podcast, we went through the whole segment about uh, owning your story, owning your struggle. We had the episode about uh, taking off your shoes and owning it. If you haven't checked that one out, check it out. It's got some good points in it that I know I I appreciate and I reflect on uh, throughout the course of my week. Um, But what we ended off with at the last podcast was me talking about sharing a little bit about my story, um, which uh, correlates because we talk about limiting beliefs and things that could hold us back if we focus on the negative. So um, I'm going to share a little bit about my story, not only because of hopefully it can help somebody else or somebody can relate to it, but also because it's therapeutic for me. So I was born in uh, Kearney, Nebraska in 1982, and I was born to a family that was super, super into their faith, which I really do respect. Um, They were Jehovah's Witnesses, and uh, growing up in that faith was kind of isolated. Uh, Let's put it that way. You don't associate with anybody who's not a Jehovah's Witness. And uh, from the time you're young, you go to uh, five meetings a week. Uh, You go with your parents typically in the field ministry, knocking on people's doors, telling them about um, uh, their biblical beliefs. So there's a lot of things that I learned in that way of growing up that are very uh, good. I mean, I learned great people skills, all that stuff. But the things that kind of left a mark on on me and my subconscious so to speak is from the time you're you get into that faith at a young age you know that as soon as you make a certain decision that goes against their belief system that you will be disfellowshipped or shunned you will not be spoken to by any of your family members or anyone else in the faith and at the same time like i said you're not allowed to associate with people outside of that faith. So you have this overwhelming fear of isolation because you grow up with only a few people around you um, with the same beliefs and things like that. You also don't celebrate holidays. You don't celebrate birthdays. And I'm not saying this is a, is a pity party thing. It's just you'd be surprised how many people out there uh, grow up in that same environment. And a lot of people never feel comfortable talking about it because... It is a unique situation, and the naivety that goes along with growing up in that environment is is just crazy. I could never play sports, um, things like this. So when I was a very young age, I was molested uh, by someone in that faith, in that church, and um, I didn't talk about it. Um, there was drinking involved in that when I was eight years old, and... Uh, It's funny because this congregation member actually would take us young boys out in the field ministry, out in service to go knocking on doors and telling people about the kingdom message um, right after, the morning after things like this would go on. Fast forward to the time I was 12 years old. I was baptized in that faith. And... That's the point of no turning back, because once you're baptized, if you ever make a decision that goes against that uh, organization, you're disfellowshipped. Um, 
I used to go stay with my grandparents in the summer sometimes, and this is where I started experimenting with drugs. Now, I would do that in the summertime, go back to live with my family, and so therefore uh, becoming two different people, so to speak. I would be a drug using teenager, uh, skateboarder, punk rock listening to a kid, and then during the school year, go back home, be a good Jehovah's Witness boy. I did not like that life. It played a huge part in me developing almost like two different people and being able to wear these masks that ugh, just left me feeling like I wasn't being true to myself and things like that. Um, fast forward to about 16 years old, uh, I graduated high school. I did not go to college because um, in the Jehovah's Witness faith, you're told that you, you don't go to college. You are encouraged to do things to further the kingdom interests of the church. So I was bored and that's when I started getting into my drug use more and even more because I was out of school and wasn't really caring. I didn't like living this double life. Uh, of all things I got caught for by the church, I got caught smoking cigarettes and therefore I was disfellowshipped at the age, right when I turned 17. My parents then uh, kicked me out of the house. Um, at that time I did have two jobs, uh, but I was getting deeper and deeper into my drug addiction, which ended up landing me in the Nebraska State Penitentiary um, at the age of 19. I was there for uh, about a year and a half. I was released when I was 21. And at that time, I was pretty committed to not going back and I wanted to try to get my family life back. I knew the only way to get that family life back was to go back to the church. And so therefore I did. Um, that was in 2003 that I went back to that organization and I started skyrocketing there. Um, now all those repressed memories of being molested in that church through working through it and, and uh, while I was in prison, I was going to give it the benefit of the doubt that it got handled while I was out doing my partying and things like that. I'd been away for a few years, so I wanted to believe that it got handled. In 2006, I got married, and um, it was shortly after that that I was an elder in the congregation of Jehovah's Witnesses, and the man that molested me actually came forward and said, I need to confess something to you and some of the other elders. That's when he told us. Now, when I actually heard it from his mouth, uh, it, it everything changed. You know, um, I, I started feeling feelings I'd never felt before. In the process of finding out other information about this man, I had come to find out that the elders in this congregation had actually known about this man and his vices for years, coming to find out that they have had claims of him molesting boys since 1982. 1982, the year I was born. And he was continued to uh, be allowed to be around all these children, <coughs> excuse me, in this church, in this organization, in this kingdom hall, and continued to be allowed to, so to speak, have a, a playground. Uh, it was, it's just mind-blowing. 
So uh, I kind of blew the whistle on it. I wrote a letter to the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society headquarters in New York. I was told I needed to have more faith to let uh, Jehovah work things out and work on his time. And uh, in the meantime, I also made a report to the Nebraska State Patrol, which ended up getting lost in the wayside due to statute of limitations concerns and things like that. Uh, therefore, after that, with nothing being done, I decided to move. My wife and I moved to Kansas. In the process of me blowing the whistle on this member of the congregation, I ended up leaving the organization because people already started the shunning process, um, saying I was making the organization look bad and things like that. So I wrote a letter of disassociation from that faith in 2013 and told them, you know, in good conscience, I can no longer be a part of this organization that protects child molesters and doesn't protect the children of the people that go to this, this kingdom halls. Um, once again, no family contact. Uh, they were living in the same town as me, wouldn't speak to me. My nephews, I couldn't see them. This is not a sob story here. This is just to let you know what happened. Now, there was, I still had my wife, which lasted for about a year. Uh, and then that fell apart, um, partially due to my own, my own things. And I started getting back into drugs. Uh, there was an act of unfaithfulness on, on her part and it just wasn't going to happen. So that fell apart. And then my drug addiction came back into play. And it got out of control. I ended up in and out of jail, in and out of jail, in and out of jail. And finally in 2017, ooh, my coffee's done. Sorry about that. In 2017, I got clean. Thank goodness. July 23rd of 2017, and I've been clean ever since. Now, that's the start of my new life because since then I've been able to get a job, several different jobs, and every job has been a step up from the last one. But the job that I learned the most about personal development in and professional development, honestly, was at McDonald's. And you might think that sounds crazy, but it's true. You know, uh, I made the commitment to myself to be there 15 minutes to 30 minutes ahead of my shift every day. I said, if I'm gonna work, I'm gonna do my, my best no matter what job I got. Within a month or so, I was a manager. Uh, within two and a half months after that, another local restaurant um, offered me an assistant store manager position and I took that, which was a big upgrade for me. And there I got, at both of these places, I had the ex, ex, awesome experience to be able to work with some amazing coaches, not managers, not managers. These people were seriously coaches and they gave me some of the best tips that I still use uh, to this day. Um, I want to give a shout out right now to Lakeisha Hambrick, that girl. She was an amazing coach. Uh, Josh Nicolette amazing and of course Brian Hesseltine amazing people that 
I attribute a lot of my uh, work ethic and uh, leadership qualities too, man. They were amazing people. And I'm so blessed to have been able to work with them at various stages throughout uh, my career. So that's a little bit of my story. And I didn't mean to take up the whole podcast with that. But hopefully somebody finds something relatable to it and can use that um, to see that nothing has to hold you back. We're going to get a little bit more into... uh, some of these other limiting beliefs, but also how to overcome those little daily things that we can do to get over that stuff. Not necessarily get over, but be able to cope with, deal with, and heal from. So thank you so much for tuning in this morning. And I just hope that everybody uh, knows that this is just a forum for me to be able to uh, share what I've gone through. Hopefully it helps somebody. And not to mention, like I said, it's therapeutic for me. So I thank you guys so much for listening and have a good day.